0: This is the Rugby Muscle Podcast, talking all that you need to become the best rugby player you can be. Now here are the Rugby Muscle Coaches,
1: TJ and Alex. Yes, what's going on everybody? It's TJ here, host of the Rugby Muscle Podcast. Did I say Rugby Muscle or did I say Nugby Muscle? not really sure. I have no idea. I never know what to do. It's been 70 Rugby Muscle podcasts, and I've still not learned how to just introduce the podcast like a normal person. Any ideas on why that is, Alex? Oh, by the way, I'm joined, as always, by Alex.
0: I I think you get too excited about it, mate.
1: Yeah, I I genuinely think that could be what it is, you know? I hear that that tune come in, because usually... The OGs will know, or anyone that's listened since before 2017, I guess, before we had that tune, um, I'd let I'd let the, the music introduce the podcast, because we'd have that different tune each time. But now, because of copyright and stuff, we can't do that. But anyway, that's, I don't know, I mean, that is a terrific start to the podcast as any, I believe, to be honest with you, mate, don't you? Yes. And there's only one thing... And probably one thing only that can make it better. And it's me messing up the intro. There we go. Alex, it's time for your fact of the week. Yeah, so last week you spoke about uh, Stephen King. Did I? can't remember what happened last week, mate. Possibly. We've... uh... Johnny. Oh, I was referring to. Uh, here's what was that? What's the film called? I can't remember, man. I didn't know last week. I don't know this week. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So Stephen King is like a really prolific writer. He does a yep. ton of stuff, right? And he sells sort of, like a lot of his.
1: Um, the movie's called. Just... Stop! Stop, everyone! The movie's called <laughs> The Shining. And, and the reason Alex is talking about Stephen King is because Stephen King is the, the guy that wrote the book that The Shining was based off of now carry on yeah um,
0: there's also a really nice Simpsons parody of it um, anyway so Stephen King writes to tons and tons like way more than he's released books and he sells the rights for, his, for some of his like books for one dollar to mm. like, film students so they can uh, they can potentially make it into a film and he calls them his $1 babies, which is a little bit creepy.
1: What? He calls them his $1 babies? Yeah, which is creepy.
0: The guy's super creepy, by the way.
1: Uh, have you read his um, on-writing book?
0: No, but I believe he says the trick is just to sit down every day and write something.
1: Yeah, and, and that's also advice if you want to get anything good at anything, is just do it every day, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I played a really, really quiet bomb track. Let me try that again. There we go. It's very important, I think, for you guys that are listening to have the feeling that this is a high-end production done here on the Rugby Muscle Podcast. Like, we've done this in a real expensive radio station, and I feel like now that I've deleted those two tracks, the... It, it's not like we're produced on a high-end radio station. What do you think, Alex?
0: I'm pretty sure it sounds like the highest radio station. We're probably the best radio station out there.
1: It's probably the highest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's for damn yeah, sure. You. Mind you, now Joe Rogan's is probably a bit higher than ours. Anyway, we are going to get into the meat of the podcast right now. We're going to discuss um, strength and conditioning mistakes that people make um we've discussed this before we've discussed uh five i believe did we discuss five it doesn't matter we've just we've done a previous podcast on strength condition mistakes and that was our best like that's the one that we've got the most amount of positive feedback on so we figure there's more than that many mistakes guys there are so many mistakes and unfortunately we still see them so we're just going to try and correct a few of those as we go um Yes, maybe you've heard one or two of these mistakes and think, of course, of course, no one does that anymore. But they do. People still make a lot of mistakes, and um, it's just a general sort of nudge in a good direction is what we want to give you. We don't want to say you're an idiot if you did these things because I believe, like all of us, have done these things. So uh, let's kick it off. And number one, the first big strength conditioning mistake that people make. Is running before you can walk, literally. What do you think I mean by that, Alex? Well, you said
0: literally at the end, mate. So literally, it means running before you can walk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that? I didn't want you yeah. just to to read back yeah, my I sentence. Don't... That's one of your pet peeves, not mine, and yet you're doing it. So.
0: Yeah, you um, you say the word literally. but I don't think you know what it means.
1: Um, so um, what actually you, sa- what you can use this is... for your fact of the week you can't use it now because I'm going to say it but literally is now listed in a dictionary as also figuratively because people have used it incorrectly for that long did you know that that's such bullshit mm. yeah
0: okay yeah that annoys me anyway so essentially you're saying don't jump into the more complicated stuff before you can do the basics really well
1: used for emphasis or to express strong feeling while not being literally true. That's so annoying that that's actually in the dictionary as as that.
0: It upsets me that they've used literally to define the word
1: literally well. No, <laughs> yeah, but they've that, used the correct what the use of the word literally to, to define the incorrect use you of can it. It does not anyway.
0: define a word by itself. <laughs> shut, like, shut up. That's like me saying, like, like, define jumping for me. Oh, it's jumping
1: it's where you useless, jump do anything no no Alex I've got it it's where you jump
0: it's, it's fucking retarded anyway
1: <laughs> let's take a back step mate yeah I need to calm down for a little bit maybe have, a, have a break mm-hmm. so we're talking about running before you can walk here and what I mean by that is yeah kind of doing advanced exercises I mean we've said you know and actually that was one of our mistakes in the previous uh podcast where we listed the mistakes was um, saying or copying what the professionals do and thinking that's appropriate for everyone at different stages in their athletic career it's not but we also mean just the different movements so a lot of people do not know how to back squat proficiently so they don't need to do the back squat they don't need to do and there's no lift that you have to do if you're not prepared to do it so there's nothing wrong especially with things like bench press nothing wrong with taking a step back and just doing push-ups for a good block of training to re-establish really good control of that movement um and even we can even bring that back to like raised push-ups where you're pushing up on a higher if you if you're not doing sets of you know 10 to 20 easily you can raise up where your hands go and make the push-up even easier but the point is is to like not just gloss over the first few stages of training and not gloss over the basic movements and just just for the f- the fun of doing more advanced ones
0: yeah, for sure, have I spoken to you about strength potentials uh
1: and strength potential of movements i don't you've spoken to me about it. we've had a discussion once or twice, but not on the pod, so you've got thirty seconds to talk about it yeah, sweet, so imagine this like every Every progression from a, a
0: push up to a, a, where a bench press has got a value. Like it can give you this much return. If you so we'll call it ten ten strength points. If you want to just rush through to the bench press and only do the, the lower level movements for like two points of strength or four points of strength, just so you can get to the higher levels. If you have, um, say, ten steps, you're you're losing nearly 40% of the gains you could have by, mm. by not maxing out these other movements. Like these numbers are really arbitrary, but the point stands that if you can get as strong as you can at each different movement and kind of max them out, then overall your base is going to be that much bigger and you'll be that much stronger.
1: Yeah, cool. That was 50 seconds rather than 30, but i let you run. Um, it's definitely about like establishing a good base of movement and Trust me, take it from someone that um, has spent a lot of time recovering from years of squatting shallow and squatting poorly, that you don't want to mess that up. You like you do have to check your ego. There's nothing wrong with going back and just doing light, not just necessarily lighter movements, but more and more basic movements, which end up being light because it's all more about the technique focus. And there's nothing yeah, wrong with like sure. taking a step back or taking, you know, two or even three steps back to eventually take five steps forward, because if you don't take those steps back, maybe you never actually get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Or an is going to happen, or something's going to go wrong somewhere along the line.
1: hmm And it's about, you know, the movement, efficient movement is the underlying base of everything, right? So if you if you take a... Like a world, even a world champion powerlifter, for example, and even like as a listener of this podcast, you're probably not a world champion powerlifter. You're probably a rugby player, which means that it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things how much you squat, or even if you're just someone that wants to get bigger or stronger um, and just look better. It doesn't really matter how much you squat. The squat is a means to an end. Even for this powerlifter, the squat is an end. It's the main thing. But even if this guy squats a shitload of weight but does not move well, he's probably still going to end up being injured.
0: Well, look at what Chris does. I mean, he's got however many world records in uh, squat and bench deadlift. Um, Is Chris Duffin, by the way. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, I, should have, I, should, I should have said that. But good. he said himself that he's not—he's um, not the strongest guy in the world. He's just yeah. super efficient with his movement, mm. you know. So he actually, so he's lifting more weight, but without being as strong.
1: Yeah. And and by being really efficient at movement, that's allowed him to progress more than other people. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then I mean, when you look at, uh, we can talk about joint centration. And then you also can look at things like, um, you know, if any time you you do sustain an injury, that's more time and that's more missed opportunity for you to get stronger, and make more progress. So, move well. Yeah, absolutely. Walk first. Make sure you've now down walking. Even to use that analogy, if you if you run before you can walk, you are going to fall over. You are going to hurt yourself. Walk first. Yeah, sweet. Yep. Alex, you want to cover point two? I'd love
0: to, two. mate. So point two is sports specific. This is awesome because it is probably the biggest deal. Um, if you go on to my website in particular, I don't know if you say it on yours, TJ. I've not looked at your website recently. Oh, thanks. Um, we. Oh, so I looked at it like, when you sent stuff over. Excellent. I haven't looked at it recently. Um, I'd say like the biggest thing in strength and conditioning and and becoming better at your thought is that you practice your sports skill It's it's possible to be a great rugby player without ever going in a gym
1: yeah
0: but you can't be a great rugby player if you never play rugby and never step on the field yeah yeah that makes sense right yeah yeah that's a that's a kind of basic that it needs to be sports specific that we we can look at like the needs analysis for a sport and say this is the, the factors that need to be trained in that um but the main point is if it's not relevant to becoming a better rugby player there's not really that much reason to do it
1: mm-hmm. awesome um so i th- i think but i would say that the mistake yeah is as we say is actually um for, for strength and condition, thinking that strength and condition is the most important part. And it's a big thing for us to say this, mate, I think, because, you know, this is where we earn our living. This is what we want, you know, people to pay us for our strength and condition and advice. But we're going to turn it around and say that if you're, if you're really keen on boosting your rugby performance, it's your, you know, your rugby skills and rugby tactical preparation, etc. that's going to be more important or, yeah, more important than your strength and condition for the most for the most part, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, if um if strength was the most important thing, then you'd have guys like Chris, who I just mentioned, being the best sportsman in the world.
1: Yeah, he, and he, they're not; know, they're the in they're in powerlifting and other uh, sports that don't make any money. He would much rather be a pro rugby player and make a lot of money, maybe being in one or an NFL player and making millions and millions of dollars. For just um,
0: well, in the sport.
1: maybe not Chris, but yeah some people, yeah, um, and so for in in terms of that it's like, yeah, your sport is the most important thing, so what people the mistake people do is they then like right okay, so we 're going to try and make everything sport specific, so I mean we we touched on this with Ferentinos a, uh, a couple months back when we spoke about, or someone asked a question, you know what gym movements are there to help me be more efficient at lineouts. Now, if you want to be more efficient at lifting in a lineouts, you want to work on uh, front squat mechanics, and you want to work on overhead pressing mechanics and strength. Okay, and then from there, you want to actually practice the timing and the movement of lifting someone in a lineout. If you're jumping, you want to be more explosive, and again, you want to work at the, the timing and the, your actual specific lineup jumping. Uh, doing replicating that into in a gym environment is probably not worth your while um because everything in the gym is and end up being is it gonna be defined as general prep uh
0: yes for the most part it changes depending on sport but yeah i mean we could look at something like um sled pushes into the tackle shield Mm mm-hmm that's that's almost there, but it's still not the same. It's not gonna directly improve your scrumaging, yeah. it's going to directly improve your
1: I think the more um, rocking. I think well, okay, here we go. We'll we'll change this point, mate, and make it sport specific strength. Okay? Because when you're doing a lot of conditioning work, I think the the more you can incorporate conditioning work into actually playing the sport, the better it is for you. Right? The better your results are gonna be. But the but the more you can actually just develop strength, the more that's gonna actually I've lost my train of thought here because I've got an email. I'm sorry. Well,
0: the, do you mean you're not uh you're not completely 100 percent focused on the uh on the podcast, mate?
1: Yeah, but the difference is I can delete this. I'm not gonna, but um yeah. So my point is use the gym to get stronger, get faster, whatever, right? And then use your practice to get better at that skill and use that increased strength and use that increased power, speed, whatever to then get better in a game. Okay? And for that reason everything that you do in the gym pretty much is going to be uh general and not sport specific. So if you if you're too busy searching for things that are really sport specific, you're going to lose out on strength gains or muscle gains or whatever depending on your the goal of your program.
0: Yeah, absolutely
1: um but then yeah for conditioning work definitely if you really want to if you're especially if you're close to pre-season or in-season uh, the more you can incorporate conditioning into actually like rugby practice or training or whatever that might be definitely something to consider because then you're working skills and conditioning at the same time
0: Yeah, small sided games are worth at yeah you get just,
1: small-sided we get some small sided games that. going on and like conditioned games yeah i've got um, a few a few of my athletes at. you know they they just play touch and they're like oh I can I can give up playing touch like twice a week I can give that up if you want Fun I'm right. like absolutely not I'm like the only thing I want you to do is to wear a heart rate monitor and make sure your average heart rate is XYZ and doesn't go above whatever or it does depend on what, what the goal of that conditioning session is cool yeah
0: agree I um, I probably a soft
1: spot with touch as you know mate so yeah yeah, but I I think it is definitely that's a good way to do conditioning. But the point is, don't try and make everything in your program like specific to your sport, which like goes back to us saying, you know, yes, you probably found this podcast, you probably heard about us because you're like you're looking for rugby specific trainers, and we we know what you need to develop to become a better rugby player. But that doesn't mean that all of the movements that we do are rugby-specific movements. In fact, like, if you look at Rugby Muscle Beast, the muscle-gaining program that I released last week, you can go ahead and grab that at tjstrength.com forward (laughs) slash guides. Like, there's barely, apart from one core movement, I think, that might include, uh, like, a bit more rugby-specific, and one or two movements on the accessory, optional accessory days, Everything else is just general gym work that most people will be familiar with anyways. But we still formulate it so that you can, get, you can grow muscle in the right places and then potentially become a better player because of that. But it doesn't mean all of the exercises that we do are sports specific Boom! Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, it's a really good way of looking at it.
1: All right. Um, yeah, and let's see, I eventually got there thanks to bloody emails. Right, you can introduce the next point. Point number three. Then introduce the last point.
0: Okay, trying to jump in at once. Um, I think I said this back in the day when we were speaking about this about about uh, sorry <laughs> about riding two horses with one ass. Yes. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, you just can't do it.
1: That um, became like my favourite phrase to use, um, like in all walks of life. When you first said that, I was like dropping it in pointlessly when it didn't even make sense. Just shouting at people in the street, that kind of deal. Like someone trying to, he's trying to cook a potato and then get his salad ready. I'm like, you can't ride two horses in one ass. Fuck you. He's weird, like, thanks. fuck you. <laughs> All
0: right. So, um, I don't even know what to say to so them. Not- my new, oh,
1: yeah. actually, to be honest, my new favorite saying now is, uh, fake news.
0: Uh, So if someone, if someone
1: ever says anything that I disagree with, I'm like, nope, that's fake news. That's fake news. Nobody loves trying to do more goals at once than me anyway.
0: Yes, anyway, indeed. Indeed. Okay, so the point is that if you're trying to do everything, you're going to get nothing done. So the way we go about this is we have a goal for the block, yeah, and we focus on improving that specific area that doesn't matter what it is yeah. um, and then just maintaining other qualities Fantastic. so it might be that um, I'm going to use powerlifting as an example because it's super easy for
1: me it's um, so usually we're going to be focusing on then. pardon me mate? I just said hurry up then, you said you were going to use it and then stopped nobody loves yeah. powerlifting more than, more than me Nobody's more in tune with the powerlifters than me. They're great people, powerlifters. Carry on.
0: Perfect. Okay, so usually powerlifting, the goal strength, right? But you can't strength train the whole time. So we might take um, we might black off a little bit and do some hypertrophy work or, or whatnot. It doesn't matter what it is, uh, was some speed work, or whatever. But you'll still be maintaining strength at a low level um, throughout the time. Mm-hmm. So with rugby we look at it like we'll probably be doing some speed blocks, probably be doing some some uh, I don't know, aerobic conditioning blocks. But that whole time we're still going to try and maintain the other physical qualities that we need for rugby.
1: Yeah. And I think more importantly, so we've we've said in the previous podcast about how you can easily do concurrent training. So you can get hit a few different markers you can you try you can try and make a little bit of progress in a couple areas right at the same time in the same block but you it's very difficult to and this is probably the mistake we see is make is making progress in one session and a number of different blocks and this is the biggest one i see is i see like people starting off actually no they won't start off with sprints or maybe they will, they'll start off with like an agility work, right? They'll do, they'll get the ladders out and they'll climb up onto the roof and then do their agility work because that's the only use you have for a ladder. Um, Then they get into their power work, right? Then they'll do, um, then they'll do a full load of hypertrophy work and then they'll do some speed work after that and then they'll do like real like grueling conditioning stuff. And, I mean, that's great for a general, like, session just to, to tick a few boxes. But if you, if, you, if you struck to every single session like that, you're probably not going to make as much progress in any of those areas as what you could as if you took some time out and focused on just a couple of them.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, so you're talking about interference um, and these different goals affecting different adaptations. Um, essentially what we're saying is, yeah, just focus on one thing over the week.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, that's not to say that, and be don't don't worry about losing all your gains in one area. As Alex said, if you're if you're doing um, if you're if you're doing hypertrophy work, as long as you're pushing yourself to an extent, you're not really going to lose a lot of strength. It's going to feel like you're going to lose strength because you're not used to handling as much weight. But when it, you go back to doing strength work, you're actually going to actualize the hypertrophy work and be stronger but you just haven't realized it because you haven't put yourself under that load not to test because if you were to test just your strength and do a one rep max in the middle of a hypertrophy block you'd probably mess yourself up a little bit because you're just not used to it but if you go from a hypertrophy block to a strength block you'll then progress it in and end up way stronger than what you would have done right?
0: yeah well, that's the play's potentiation uh, yeah. I
1: don't think we need to talk about that right now no we don't um, cool but just just realise that you can just do little on the other things just to keep them from regressing, I guess. Yes. Sweet. Uh, anything else you want to put on to try and all goals at once?
0: Yeah, you need to know what kind of uh, makes you hard. You know, what? there's no point. I know we've got certain goals for rugby. Hey, now. But this, um, hey, you've listened to Mark Bell. Yeah. Um, We've got certain goals for rugby, but you need to enjoy your training. Um, yeah. To just figure out a way to do it that kind of uh, tickled your pickle,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, dude. Like, I actually was thinking this because um, I was thinking this on the last podcast that we spoke about, like, things that we've changed our mind upon, and this is definitely something I've changed my mind upon, is, like, there's nothing wrong with doing a good block of hypertrophy or even incorporating hypertrophy you know, quite a lot and pump work quite a lot because boys enjoy it. And if they're enjoying their training, they're feeling better. If they fill out their shirt that little bit more, you know, the you know, it's a little bit of psychology in that that they're going to play a little bit better or intimidate the opposition a little bit more. Um, oh,
0: mate! I used to when I played rugby in New Zealand. Um, I used to shit myself walking out of the field and seeing all these fucking big Maori fucking. Even if
1: they sucked.
0: Oh, mate! Yeah, it was but, just. Like just a psychological deal.
1: Um, yeah, you know? quick, quick extra point. I, if I made this on the podcast, have I have I said about one of the boys that plays for our team is a former NFL player? No, which one was that? Okay, so he used to be a fullback. He he, he never actually. I don't know if he played for the Texans. Anyway, he played for the. He was on the roster for the Texans for a season, and when he was in the uh, when he was in college, like he was he was smashing it like, doing really well, but he had a recruiter come up to him and say, look, it's all very well that you're smashing it, but what, what what is actually going to make a difference for scouts is how you fill out that jersey. Never be afraid to incorporate a good bit of hypertrophy work in your training and, and really fill out that jersey well because that's going to make a good impression on scouts and stuff. I'm sure I must have mentioned this. No, you
0: haven't mentioned that. I'm not sure
1: how cool I am with that.
0: I mean... If I was to I know. scouting I'd be looking at his statistics or Yeah, looking at his
1: size, you know. I know, but that's the reality, just you know how he feels at his shirt could could make a bit could make a bit of a difference. And I think DeFranco said a few things on that. And just yeah, as I said, the psychology point.
0: But like, I guess like there's so much
1: um... But also, when you think about what these NFL guys are judging by with that hundred uh, kilo do as many as reps as you can bench press test, it's not like they use the highest end of
0: Oh, it's
1: just fucking bullshit, is Let's not get into
0: that. When um, we get get Speedy on, we'll
1: have to talk about that that, because me and him have had some really good chats about that in the past. Not get into that. All right, there. So let's move on to the last one, which is uh, not working. All three contraction types. Once Alex stops trekking through the bushes or whatever he's doing over there with his microphone, we can discuss about how uh, this is probably the most underrated of. strength and conditioning mistakes that we see because people just don't know that it's a mistake um like at all it's not even it's like unconscious Un what's the word uh
0: unconscious ignorance is what
1: you're talking about yeah they don't know that they don't know yeah so So when we say all three contraction types we mean um isometric contraction so squeezing the muscle but not actually moving we mean concentric which is actually what most people will train when they go to the gym and then we also talk about eccentric which is lowering a weight under control Alex do you want to quickly discuss why that's important yeah okay oh you do
0: well I actually I didn't but I can if you want me to um I'm just giving so, you
1: some airtime, maybe.
0: Oh cheers, mate, you're so thoughtful. Yeah. Um so any kind of movement, especially in a sport, is going to be a loading phase, uh like a transference phase and an expression phase um of force. So if we're really, really strong just on the expressing um force, um one of the coaches I speak to listens to this podcast and she hates it when I say expressing force without clarifying it. But um she's gonna up with it.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Screw um, you, lady. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Love you.
0: Carry on. Um, so if we can't absorb the amount of force needed, if we're not strung up eccentrically, then there's going to be some kind of buckle or some kind of loss of energy somewhere. So we can't express it easy enough. The the kind of obvious way when we're doing this is like sidestepping. If mm-hmm. you go to step, but you can't... It just takes you a long time because you can't absorb that force fast enough. Yes. Um you then can't push off, and you end up just kind of getting smashed, right? Yeah. Because you're not doing anything. You're essentially, you're standing still. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're eccentrically stronger, and you can control that loading phase, um, you get that much quicker than the like concentric phase, and that's kind of moving out of the way. And We mentioned it the, um, last week, possibly, when we spoke about plyometrics. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? I'm going to leave it there, because that, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. So, I guess I guess to kind of up a little bit. We say eccentric strength is lengthening or loading. Isometric strength is how do we say this? Like a static muscle action, There's yeah. No static movement contraction, to... yeah. But it's supposed um, to, and then concentric strength is muscle shortening and load.
1: Yeah. So concentric's the one that you learn. That's like so. If we took a, if we take a bench press as an example, because we love using the bench press as an example, you unrack that weight from the bench, yeah. You're holding it up there mm-hmm. above you. As you lower it down to your chest, yeah, there's eccentric. Yeah, the there's the eccentric part of the of the movement. And you're controlling that. As, as long as you're not just dropping it onto your chest, as long as you're controlling it down, that's the eccentric portion. Um, and as Alex says, that's absorbing the force. So we're absorbing that and controlling it as we come down. It's so, going to help us. a loading phase, yeah. Yeah, it's going to help us express it, or it's going to help us Just in general, in rugby, because we take knocks, we have to, like, so if you're giving someone a handoff, it's not you pushing against them, it's you absorbing their force coming to you and pushing it and then pushing it back, or just absorbing the force coming to you and holding it off as you give someone a Mm -hmm. fend. Then you've got isometric, which is, well, that's as the bench hits, gets to your chest, you keep it an inch off your chest and you pause for a second, you're isometrically contracting your chest because you're controlling that. But what are you doing? Stay okay, still. I
0: was, scratch- I was scratching my nose, mate. <laughs> Stay
1: still. The, the non-stop movement there, and we're going to get complaints about Alex running through the bushes whilst recording the podcast. Um, so we've got the 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 bar held about an inch away, and ho- just holding it there is an isometric contraction. And then as we push it back yes, up... I
0: was going to jump in there and say, when I mentioned amortization phases in plyometrics, that's what that is, okay? Um this is potentially the most important phase for us as power athletes because uh, the briefness of this phase how long we can make it before, while switching from eccentric concentric essentially dictates how good an athlete we're going to be
1: so ignoring the
0: isometric well, not ignoring it. Being able to switch between yeah, eccentric, eccentric and concentric, concentric so making isometric the, the shortest time possible.
1: Yeah, that that would be plyometrics, cool. And then yeah, concentric is your normal lifting of the weight. Now, it's important that we do all three of these. You're like, oh well, can't I just do um, my normal gym routine and the other stuff gets stronger anyway? Eh, not really. It's, I mean, you can, but it's not then you're not really getting the benefit of each phase of the movement. Um, As Alex said, he explained beautifully why we should be focusing quite a lot of of work on our eccentric part of a lift. But also, I want to talk about the isometric part, so the pauses and stuff. If you think when you're in a ruck or if you're holding a scrum, particularly for forwards, that's all isometric. And the stronger you can be at that, the better you're going to perform on the rugby pitch.
0: Yeah, um, it sucks doing it though. It sucks training isometrically.
1: Oh, it's hard. But also, yeah, isometric. I I think that if you if you can work isometric and eccentric well, then you're you're actually going to get a lot more bleed on your concentric. As in, it's going to carry over and make you stronger at your concentric for quite a bit. Especially if you've never yeah. focused on that style of training before. There's, Have you, um Do you know who Donald Donald Chu is? No. He, Honestly, he's like stop a, moving. I don't know what you're doing, but it's, it's, it, it is as if you, we're on a little trek with you on the phone.
0: Mate, if we were on a trek or I was running anywhere, I wouldn't be talking.
1: You'd be well out of breath. I'd be dying yeah. somewhere.
0: just being yeah, sick. Um, right. Donald Chu is like a plyometrics expert, essentially. Um, and he, he talks about the concentric phase as kind of um, the payoff. So if you look at eccentric and isometric as mm-hmm. like putting money in the bank, the concentric phase is where you get to take the money out of the bank and like
1: return on investment, you get to spend yeah. it. Yeah, which sure I thought quite nice. Be prepared to um, have your ego be smashed when doing this because the weights have to drop quite a lot in order for you to do this really well. Um, and it's fine, as we say, you could, because the stronger you build yourself doing these, the stronger over time your lifts will definitely be. Um, we're not saying that you have to do a five you know five second on the way down five second pause and then slowly put it back up but every now and again it's definitely a block where you could focus a lot more on isometrics or focus a lot more on eccentrics or just for one movement give that a go yeah yeah
0: absolutely i um i really just like this eccentric dominant stuff do you want to us- yeah it just fucks me up That's um,
1: just the way we, people if, have done it for years and years yeah so
0: let's um let's quickly define how we do this because this is this is like a big deal and it's probably quite new to people so just because you're doing like say we might split into uh eccentric block and isometric block and a concentric block so the eccentric and the asymmetric blocks we're not going to be doing everything as eccentric work no that will fuck you up okay yeah it might be that we do one or two movements a week, maybe, maybe a lot more, depending on how you're doing it. Yeah. Eccentric to dominant. Mm-hmm. And, and then the rest of them will just be your normal eccentric concentric and work. Um, unless we're talking about plyometric stuff, in which case we're probably going to be starting with our eccentric loading. And I just woke about the other day, um, like, uh, connection issues stiffening stuff.
1: Yeah, we're and not
0: then talking about that. In the isometric phase we probably won't be doing everything isometrically because, again, that will really fuck you up. Yeah. Um, it might be one or two movements a week again. Yeah. And then the concentric phase is where we're going to get the most out of this.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, it, like, so the concentric phase is where we, you know, we can really push it, push the weight a lot more. Um, what are you doing? I literally hadn't moved. I'm going to hang up on you. Yeah, so I hung up on him. So it's a good idea to do your um, all three types of contraction in your training at some point over the course of like even just a year or a season or whatever. Um, and as Alex said, it doesn't have to be every movement at all. It shouldn't be every movement. But if you really do focus on it... Um, It's going to bleed over. It's going to make you stronger. It's going to make you a better athlete. Uh, Go ahead and follow Alex and then send him a message. Tell him TJ, sorry for hanging up on him on this podcast, collision underscore and underscore combat. Or go ahead and follow me at TJ Strength. Speaking of the three different uh, contraction types, all three, you work through all three over the 13-week Rugby Muscle Beast program that you can go ahead and pick up at TJ Strength dot com forward slash guides and all the program is sent to you by email and you get a weekly update personally from yours truly TJ Alex just text me he said goodbye everybody and from me goodbye thank you so much for listening